my brain to hiccup really badly. It's time for press watch. And Teresa, we're well into your time right now, so I'm just going to bring you on. Right on. Well, this is Press Watch, a weekly counter-propaganda and left opinion program here on your people-supported free radio station, KBOO Portland. I'm Teresa Mitchell. Join me for a brief peek behind the video veil of monopoly media manipulation and an examination of the news you're not supposed to know. Been out and about a little bit. I'm not seeing masks. And I want to say that a mask is an act of solidarity, which is why Americans won't wear it. Uh, people are going around without masks. And I see them, you know, the, the MAGA people who are doing it on purpose are a reflection of that dead-hearted cop that you see on the videos crushing a chained man to death without an expression on his face. He's just waiting for the man to die. He's killing him. You MAGA types know it mostly kills BIPOC not to wear a mask and, and it kills old people. And you want the world to see the hole where your heart should be, I guess. I see you. Intensive care is going to see you. Not this month, not in June, but when, well, you will have your deadly effects. And I bet you Trumpy types think you're brave, don't you? The numbers are changing, though, and the strain on the East Coast uh, has moved over to Seattle. It's killing people under 40, so maybe you're not so safe. Here in Oregon, we haven't had a death in several days. And judging from the maskless people here on the east side of Portland, I'd say some people think it's over. It's not over. It's a worse starting point than was in January with the infection widely dispersed in the population and just waiting for a super spreader event to clog up the ICUs again. So there's, there are many things to talk about, and I want to invite you to call in and let's continue this conversation because white supremacy has uh, been showing its ugly head again, and uh, we need to do something about it. Also, this is uh, we're getting around to the last, we're getting towards the end of the month, so we're getting around to the last chance to contribute to KBOO if you've got the ability to do so. Last chance to contribute during press watch anyway for the spring membership, not exactly a drive that we're having here. And you can do that by pulling up kboo.fm, and you'll find a little button up there at the top, and you can figure it out from there. More than 50 years ago, a great man said, quote, when you cut facilities, flash jobs, abuse power, discriminate, drive people into deeper poverty, and shoot people dead whilst refusing to provide answers or justice, the people will rise up and express their anger and frustration if you refuse to hear their cries. A riot is the language of the unheard, end quote. I want to quote Democracy Now! this morning. In Minnesota, parts of Minneapolis erupted in flames Wednesday night as residents took to the streets for a second night to protest the death of George Floyd, a black man killed by police on Monday. And I'll depart from that text to express, uh, of course, people have taken to the streets because nothing ever works and the cops kill whenever they feel like it. And that was made really obvious by the expression on the face who was killing George Floyd as he did it. Uh, returning to Democracy Now's uh, text, the video circulated widely on social media earlier this week shows George Floyd gasping for air and telling the officers, I cannot breathe, while a white officer named Derek Chauvin pinned him to the pavement with a knee to his neck. Three other officers stood nearby. All four officers had since been fired. The officer confronted Floyd. The officers confronted Floyd after receiving the complaint that he tried using a counterfeit bill to buy groceries. They write, on Wednesday, protesters held a day-long demonstration outside the city's third precinct police headquarters. Police fired tear gas, flashbang grenades, and projectiles in an attempt to disperse the crowd. Demonstrators also rallied outside the home of former officer Derek Chauvin. 
On Wednesday night, the city requested help from the National Guard as a number of buildings were set ablaze. Meanwhile, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey has called on prosecutors to file criminal charges against Chauvin. Again, speaking for myself, uh, I'd like to thank Adrian for sending me a video uh, taken from the streets of Minneapolis. And, yeah, uh, things are going down. I I was watching the, the target get looted. Uh, returning to the text, Mayor Jacob Frey uh, is quoted saying, why is the man who killed George Floyd not in jail? George, George Floyd deserves justice. His family deserves justice. The black community deserves justice, and our city deserves justice, end quote. The Star Tribune reports Derek Chauvin was involved in multiple police shootings in his 19 years on the Minneapolis police force and was the subject of a dozen police conduct complaints. Protests over the killing of George Floyd have also erupted in other cities, including Los Angeles, where demonstrators temporarily blocked traffic on Highway 1, end quote. And I think that's very significant. Uh, multiple police shootings in his 19 years, just a little, a little fragment, a little section of white supremacy showing itself in the fact that this man can do what he wants and get away with it for 19 years. And uh, that quote that I used was, uh, that's from 50 years ago. All my life, it's been like this. The recent video of a white woman flexing her police powers against a black man in Central Park, the lynching in Georgia with a shotgun, and the, the video of the cold-blooded killing of George Floyd show <clears throat> excuse me, how white supremacy works. It hasn't changed a bit since I've been alive. And so I'm calling for different tactics. I'm not the first to do this, but uh, I want to call for an intervention by the United Nations and I think I want to ask you to call in and uh, let's think about how this, uh, what this would look like, an intervention by the United Nations. And um, I think it's time maybe to start a petition, maybe on one of the great online platforms, to have an armed delegation from the UN, not an invasion, but an armed delegation from the UN Commission on Human Rights to come to the major cities in the U.S. And I say armed because they need to be protected by enough soldiers and firepower that they can go into the police departments here and ask some questions and produce a report for the world to see and talk about white supremacy, because this is what this is about. We talk about it in in guarded terms. We talk about race problems as if it was some puzzling thing. This is about white supremacy. So I'm inviting your calls on that. I also want to say that uh, this being news you're not supposed to know, there's several uh, issues that are popping up things that we need to talk about, things that uh, there are so many things to cover in the news, and maybe I've, I shouldn't blame the news for not covering all of these things, but um, there are things cooking. One of the things under the surface is the fact that uh, there's going to be another crash because 40 million people are out of work. Uh, I don't need to explain it more than that. There's 40 million people out of work. There's going to be another crash. Uh, the people who think, the speculators think that they can get by by speculating over their speculations. There's a lot of that been going on, but it's not going to work. It is going to crash. I don't know exactly when, but I'd say that date is getting closer all the time. So I want to draw your attention to to news from nine years ago, which now bears on what is happening now. Uh, Quoting uh, quoting Bank Problems website, Mm -hmm. potential losses on Bank of America's massive $75 trillion book of risky derivative contracts has just been dumped onto the FDIC by the Federal Reserve. This is from 2011. Derivatives, once described by Warren Buffett as a financial weapon of mass destruction, are complex contracts entered into for speculation or to hedge risks linked to a wide variety of other derivative financial instruments, 
such as currencies, commodities, interest rates, bonds, et cetera. Did that bore you? Did that throw you off? Don't let it. Uh, this is, uh, I'm going to get to the point here in just a second. In testimony to the Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission on March 2011, Buffett warned that the trillions in derivatives held by major banking institutions could be, quote, disruptive to the whole financial system and that the risks were virtually unmanageable, in quotes. Uh, so I could go on with the text on this, but let me uh, give you the core of it. Basically, uh, the FDIC, as of 2011, can't cover losses in your bank. If you have money in a bank, it is at risk. Now, you've always been told, since you were a kid probably, that we're not going to have another Great Depression because the FDIC is covering it. But what happened is the uh, during the Obama administration, the our fully-owned uh, corporate uh, lackeys in Congress, allowed, uh, it, well, I say Congress, but the, the executive administration as well, with their full knowledge, uh, Bank of America was allowed to put its trillions of derivatives under the aegis of uh, FDIC insured. FDIC was never intended for that. FDIC was meant to cover cash deposits and not derivatives betting. Uh, the amount uh, that uh, uh, Bank of America was able to put in all those years ago was in the trillions and greatly exceeds uh, the reserves of the FDIC, of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Uh, now, when derivatives bets uh, collapse, they're not paid in the full amount. Uh, but even if they were paid at a tenth of the amount, the trillions of dollars that the Bank of America put into uh, coverage by the FDIC would wipe out the FDIC. And it will because they will be first at the window. You will not. You will not get your cash out of a bank before the Bank of America does. I can guarantee you that. And uh, that's all been floating for, for nine years and uh, just been sort of under the surface, uh, a piece of corruption, a piece of instability that, you know, kind of doesn't matter because the system wasn't collapsing while it's going to. So what you need to do is get your money into a credit union or a savings and loan. So you can be covered by the F, uh, let's see, I forget the, the uh, uh, FSL, I think, covers savings and some loans, and the uh, credit unions or FCU, something like that, uh, they are covered uh, federally by different funds. And uh, so you need to be covered by that. And don't be putting any, if you have substantial deposits, you're lucky and uh, good for you, but don't keep it, don't keep it in, in a bank. And banks have been giving you a rotten deal the whole time anyway. So uh, my advice is get it out of the banks. Now, I was earlier talking about uh, the riots in Minneapolis, um, and I was talking about white supremacy, and I was calling for UN intervention. I was asking for your calls in order to call 503-231-8187. On that note, Teresa, we have we have a couple of folks who have called 503-231-8187. Um, so I believe Edward has been trying to get through for a while. So let's see what's up here. Edward, are you with us? Is this Wade? Oh, this is Wade. Go ahead, Wade. Okay, fine. Um, Edward, yeah. you're next. Okay, first, you asked about masks. So, and mentioned that people aren't. Um, I'm out in the Southwest, and um, I usually don't like to make these distinctions that we have to right now because I'm noticing that people are. And I wasn't because I feel safe. I'm doing the distancing, and that's a whole new dance. But but that's fine. But um, now I'm actually doing it. You know why? Because now there's like social peer pressure. People are looking at me weird. Like, 
So I, I got one, I had one, you know, and I thought if I was in a situation that was strange. So I'm putting it on. So there you go. There's that part. Um, I don't know what part, you know, are you talking about Hawthorne? I know East Side is, is a lot of different areas, but um, Teresa? All right, we're experiencing some weirdness. Everyone sit tight. Thanks, folks. We have Teresa back, and I think we still, do we still have Edward? Yeah, it's Wade. Oh, it's Wade. Here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's talk to Wade. You know, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. We've we've gone to uh, remote uh, broadcasting here and, and automated broadcasting, and uh, yeah, we're, we're getting by with it. <laughs> but uh, hi, Wade. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's that part. Um, the other was because um, you brought up a lot of subjects, and I've been waiting for a while. Anyway, there's a lot of things out in the air. But I want to say one thing, especially it's close to me, is uh, about Joe Biden. My wife. And now we're divorced, but we've been together 30 years, 33. And um, this happened to her, and it was horrific. And I don't need to um, go into the specifics, but it was horrific. And um, and um, what I want to say about somebody mentioned that it's one person's word against his. It, it is not one person's word. She told a number of people. And I want to mention one is that nobody would ever tell anybody that in order to gain attention. That's attention you do not want. All right, so that gives her credit. But I want to also point to when he was on that show and he and he was asked a question. I don't know which one it was, but he said that never happened. It didn't happen. That never happened. That never ha He said four times he denied it. That's not necessary. Unless you're lying, unless you're wishing and a hoping and a praying that it didn't. Got me? Well, yeah, I wondered about that. I mean, um, I, I'm i sympathetic to the notion that women should be believed. And uh, I have I found myself less believable the more I am considered a woman. I remember complaining about someone uh, at KBU, who's you know, not there anymore, not a problem, uh, who had groped me. And... Uh, People just didn't want to didn't want to go there. Um, and on the other hand, uh, I remember someone else, uh, as it happens, uh, at KBOO who was uh, accused of horrific acts. And it turned out that uh, his his defense that he wasn't in the state where it was alleged to have happened <laughs> was perfectly credible and uh, provable. State and, of uh, mind or state of mind? And uh, yeah, so it does happen that people are falsely accused for whatever reason. Uh, but that's not the majority of cases, I don't think. And I do think it needs to be taken seriously and me needs to be taken more seriously than the DNC wants to. Uh, I think they've got a dud there, and uh, they're just so determined to do what they always do, which is protect corporate profits, that they'll do anything uh, to get rid of, of someone who's talking yeah. favorably about socialism. So here we are yeah, with I Joe Biden. Somebody proposed uh, forcing the DNC to do this or this or that. They, they just totally spoke. Uh, I, what happened in Iowa? Does anybody know? Bernie was doing real great, then all of a sudden, nothing. But it took him like two weeks to decide this, right? Wasn't it? <laughs> um, oh, you know, I haven't even been thinking about it for a bit. Okay, so but one thing about Bernie, I love him and I'm with him, but this is the deal. Um, and I haven't voted since 2000, and that was stolen, and nobody could explain why I still have it. 
um, but I will probably vote write them in. <laughs> okay, because um, but here's the thing: I lost a ton of respect, and I had a ton and a half when he said that Joe Biden is a very honorable man. He did not have to say that, and that was right after these accusations were made. But he has to toe the party line, and yet wasn't he an independent his whole career? And if he thinks he has to go with the Democratic thing to get in the ticket and win, fine, okay, do that. But I thought he still had an independent mind, and he doesn't have to say very, for one, and he didn't even have to say honorable if he didn't want to. He could have said something else. I I think that once you get in there, you're just done. You just get into the mold, and you try to be independent. Look at Ron Wyden. Look at so many of them. Peter DeFazio is probably the one who hasn't sold out, but gosh. It's difficult. It's like a meat grinding, and you just uh, you believe you got to do that. Joe Biden is like a perfect little poster boy for, you know, <laughs> uh, playing that machine. Um, well, uh, that's uh, that's worth considering, and I, I thank you for calling in about it. Now, I want to ask you, what do you think about the idea of calling on the United Nations to send a delegation here to interview our police departments? Well, I don't like the United Nations, one, because I've, there's so many atrocities they've committed. They've bombed rebels in Libya. I mean, Haiti, I, there's like lots of rape. Ta-da. I can't say it's endemic, but it certainly should not be any part of what they're supposed to be about. Um, it just totally destroys any credit they, they might think they have. Um, I but I wanted to bring up this alms. Uh, I'm going to call it alms instead of all lives matter because they do. And I made this up, and I don't know how it got on the Internet because I don't do anything with the Internet, but people I talked to made up, put it up there. What I meant was, yes, black lives matter. Certainly they do. First of all, I'd like to get rid of this black and white thing. I am not white. If I have to yeah. say something, I'm a Caucasian. Yeah, get rid of the black that. and white thing. But I'm a tangent. I look at my hand. I hold it against the wall. It is not white. I've never seen a black person. I've seen them so dark. they might almost purple, man, but it's not black, right? It's beautiful. So black lives matter, right? What? Well, so all that's lives so matter life. someday, and that's alms, so man. Let's just matter. be nice to people. Gosh, why, why would bless. They say, no one said all lives matter until someone said black lives matter. That's that's why it's offensive to say all lives matter. Of course all lives matter. No one, no one I mean, uh, brown says lives that they matter. Black lives matter. I mean, that's the important thing to say. That's, that's what's not being respected. That's why we have these riots. That's why the cop thinks he can just crush someone to death without an expression on his face uh, with the camera right on him. He knows well, he can get away with it because black lives that, don't I actually have, I actually have personal experience on that. that. That happened. I wrote this little book called Lemonade about peace and love. But anyway, the government wars and hates, but I was hauled in on some false charge, and this guy sticks his neck in my upper back and... <laughs> Because I'm a high-spirited animal, I breathed deeply, and I had lots of oxygen in my lungs. But when he did this, and this is in the holding cell, I just go, with the last remaining breath I had in me, and that stopped that. All the guys were laughing at this cat. <laughs> cat I can't even call him that. Um, I'm not saying it would work in every situation. Um, but they do this, and they think they can because they can. It's like, why does a dog lick himself, right? Where do they come from? Military. We already have military police. Okay? <laughs> they all are in it, man. They can't get out of it. They think they have the right to murder, and that's Okay, that. so if we're not going to call in the U.N., uh, then uh, how are we going to deal with this white... Well, call in us. Here, look, this is... A, I've been saying this for a long time, and it always gets poo-pooed, but here it is. Stop believing in them and start receiving in us. 
Now, when what's this mutual aid? What's the acronym for that? Yeah, I That's think you're proposing a really. I think you're kind of blowing it off there. I mean, what about reparations? Say we have to do this, and we already are doing it. Ma, mutual aid, mother. That's what we always have done, and they the know that we will. Not equal. Wait, the situation is not equal. We got to pay reparations. You can't rob somebody and say, "Well, everything's equal now." I'm saying, yeah. stop believing yeah. in government. Government's not here for us. Stop believing in newspapers. They're not publishing for us. The woman called in about having an Iranian husband, and it was right after the Ayatollah, and there was all this mob mentality. Okay, Where did okay, it wait. come from? They didn't know. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks for expressing your opinion, Wade. And I invite you to call in and express your opinion, 503-231-8187. Now, I am actually serious about creating a petition. Uh, and if you listen to me a long time, you know that I am a polemicist. And so there's an angle to that. I mean, even if we never get a delegation in from the UN, it, I think it would have an effect to have a massive petition out there with many, many signatures on it calling for the UN making the point that white supremacy is so deadly and so unapproachable in the United States that we need outside intervention to deal with it. Uh, we need outside attention actually to bring Americans' attention, white Americans' attention to the fact that we uh, have an ugly system of white supremacy here. Nothing has budged it to the point that I can quote Martin Luther King from 50 years ago, and it's just as fresh as if he said it yesterday that a riot is the voice of, of people who don't have a voice, who, who have no other way of expressing themselves. And so we have this riot, and we have the same talk going on as 50 years ago. I was a little kid, but I remember it. I was, I was 11 years old. I was, I was 10 years old in 68. I remember those riots, 66, I was 8 years old. And uh, people are saying, oh, well, they're tearing up their own place. You know, what good is this? It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with calling out to the rest of the human race and saying, I've tried everything. I've tried everything. Nothing ever works. Stop crushing me. That's what the riot's about. And uh, I think that uh, a petition to bring in the United Nations uh, in force, going around from city to city, making a United Nations Human Rights Commission report would be a shock uh, to white Americans to the degree that they might start looking at themselves and they might start looking to the fact that whenever this comes up, start making excuses. And these excuses are so facile. I've heard so many of them uh, right now. Sorry, Wade, but uh, I've heard that one many, many times. It's, uh, oh, I don't believe in color. We just need to, uh, just need to stop thinking that way. No. Uh, this is an ugly criminal situation that we live in, that we all profit from, that white people profit from. And, uh, it has to be reversed. Uh, I believe it was Malcolm X says, you don't take a, a knife halfway out of someone's back and then say that you've you know, done justice. And that's, a, that's a gross approximation of what he said. Uh, but that is what people propose over and over again. But we haven't changed the fact that this is a society that, this is a society that profits from white supremacy, that runs on white supremacy. Uh, the most, uh, the most pointed aspect of it is white police versus black people, but there's a spectrum of oppression. Uh, it extends into gender, and uh, it is very profitable. It's working really, really well, and that's what I want to address. I don't want to hear another excuse. Uh, number to call, 503-231-8187, 503-231-8187. Teresa, we have a couple of folks. I believe John... If he's still with us, has been very patient. John, are you still with us? Yep. Go ahead. You're on Hi, the John. air. Go ahead. Thanks for your show, Teresa. 
Uh, well, I'll I'll jump to the United Nations subject, and then I'll jump to the big picture real quickly, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, I was I was exposed to a little comic uh, illustrated kind of. It wasn't a coloring book, but it was a little propaganda pamphlet in in Sunday school. They put those out, and there was anti-UN uh, sentiment in there, and anti-liberal churches that was like the most prominent two points that yep. kept coming up. This was put out, I, I don't know, two or three times a year. And so I saw that ever since I was little. And the right wing is very anti-UN to this day, so I, I don't see how you bring in a UN force. It, you know, if, if you did, and with Trump in charge, his base would go after them with their guns. Um, I, yeah, I think that's why it'd be a good idea to make the petition because it would outrage them and start them to talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think at this point they can't be convinced. At this point, they can be provoked. Uh, they can be moved in various ways, and so I am suggesting a very provocative act. But go ahead, you have the other subject. Okay. the The big picture is what if what if the the analogy of the of the Titanic. Um, Hitting the iceberg is already, is already that's already taken place. That took place when the European invaders decided to descend on this continent, and we've never never faced that sin adequately, and we've never faced the sin of slavery. So we've already hit the, we've already hit the iceberg, and we're still arguing over uh, uh, better finishes on the deck chairs. And so I think we were surprised how quick the Soviet Union collapsed rebuilt itself into a even more corrupt but smaller nation and uh, so I, I think we're going to devolve into uh, who knows how much chaos but I don't think it's going to be a pretty picture anyway I'll get well, off I think here. you're right oh uh, well I think you bring up a good point uh, thanks for calling in number call 503-231-8187 million unemployed sure uh, a certain number of those people okay, okay so when you get an official figure of 40 million people applying for unemployment, that means twice that number don't have work. And, and basically, who do you know that has work? I mean, just think what you see around you. Believe your eyes and ears. People are out of work. Most people are out of work. The economy has collapsed. The government uh, is four square against supporting us to the point that they, I mean, Canada is offering their citizen support uh, New Zealand has crushed the coronavirus. The United States, has, I mean, Canada is offering 2000 a month. And the United States offered, what was it, 1200 once. And uh, that shows what they think of us. 1200 and go to hell. That's the position of the United States government. And uh, we shall. And uh, we are seeing aspects of the hell that we are entering now. Uh, that hell is going to include uh, a collapse that will wipe out the banks eventually. And so, as I was saying earlier, don't believe in the FDIC uh, because that has been corrupted by the uh, by the government as it exists now, and that was nine years ago. So get your money into credit unions if you have money, and uh, and if you don't have money, well, you got good company. And I think the way things come out uh, with so many people unable to pay rent, unable to pay mortgages. Uh, the difference in how things come out depends on whether we organize and, and whether we look after each other. 
Because if we don't organize, we don't look after each other, and we accept the capitalist paradigm as it is, then everybody has to live on the streets. 40 million people have to live on the streets. Maybe not that many. Maybe 20. It's, but uh, whatever it is, it's absurd, and it's coming up. Every first of the month, the crisis gets worse. So what are we going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Do you believe in organizing? And, uh, and what about white supremacy? What about bringing in, what, what about doing a petition to actually bring the world's attention and, and therefore bring the government's and white people in the United States' attention to the fact that we live on profit from white supremacy? Number to call, 503-231-8187, 503-231-8187. You know who we do care about? I mean, who the U.S. government does care about is oil companies. Uh, Nick Bowen put an article in Mother Jones saying oil profits in, on the stock market in April dipped below zero and into negatives for the first time in history. And, and what that means, uh, speaking for myself, is that it, it, it dips below the cost of producing it stuff. That's what they mean by below zero. In effect, he writes, companies were paying investors to take oil off their hands. The coronavirus pandemic had caused an unprecedented plunge in global demand. The market was saturated. Storage facilities filled up across the world. News reports from Singapore described dozens of oil tankers sitting off the coast filled with petroleum so that no one would buy, and the low prices have endured, causing the largest ever recorded decline in U.S. oil and gas rig counts. Some companies have gone bankrupt and more likely to follow, and many others have laid off workers and scaled back operations. When it comes to addressing the oil, oil supply excess, the federal government has a few tools as disposal and some of the nation's top oil producing regions including west texas and north dakota much of the drilling takes place on private land and uh skipping ahead what happened is uh there are new directives new policies instruct state offices to let companies apply for lease suspensions and avoid royalty payments so more more uh subsidies for the oil companies that's who they care about uh billions in subsidies uh, for oil corporations, and they get a break on on paying their on their royalties, even though they have, I mean, well, they're oil companies. We all know how titanic they are in terms of economic economic strength. They get a break first. We get twelve hundred and go to hell. Uh, so of course we've got riots, and uh, I imagine that it isn't just white supremacy fueling these riots. People need to eat and. Uh, the U.S. has not addressed the Trump administration and the Congress. Our corporate, our fully owned corporate Congress has not addressed the situation as it actually exists, and it's getting worse. And the people who were never first at the window to get their 1200 bucks, for example, are running out of food, and food aid is running short. And so, yes, we do have riots. And uh, the uh, Minneapolis pretty much guaranteed that there was going to be riots as opposed to any more peaceful reaction by attacking protesters yesterday. Uh, here's an article from Common Dreams. Minneapolis police officers dressed in riot gear fired rubber bullets, tear gas, and stun grenades into crowds of protesters that gathered late Tuesday to demand justice for the killing of George Floyd. After video footage showed a cop kneeling on the back of a man's neck as he cried out, I cannot breathe. Videos and photos posted to social media show people pouring milk into the eyes of demonstrators affected by tear gas as the chemical substance clouds the air, enveloping thousands of protesters marching the streets near the site, near the site of Floyd's killing. I mean, who do they think they are, the Portland Police Department? But returning to the text, uh, Jeremiah Ellison is quoted saying, uh, he's a city council member uh, representing Minneapolis Ward 5, is quoted saying, 
This is a disgusting display. I'm here on the south side helping people as I can with milk, water, and towels. So far, I've been unable to prevent the police from firing indiscriminately into the crowd. Moments ago, I held a towel to a teenage girl's head as blood poured from it, in quotes. And Representative Ilhan Omar, who's from Minnesota, tweeted that, quote, shooting rubber bullets and tear gas at unarmed protesters when there are children present should never be tolerated ever, in quotes. Actually, there's more of the quote. She said, uh, what is happening tonight in our city is shameful. Police need to exercise restraint, and our community needs space to heal, end quote. And we see the results that uh, Minneapolis, uh, go online, you can see uh, fires burning in a huge way last night in Minneapolis. Uh, terrifying, I should think, uh, to live there. Number to call your comments and questions, 503-231-8187, 503-231-8187. What is the shock treatment that is needed to push this nation towards addressing white supremacy, paying reparations, and stopping the flow of, well, the flow of money, actually, the, the flow of money, power, dignity. Teresa, we've got a couple of folks on the line. Um, from, from our black citizens to our white citizens. How can we end white supremacy? Uh, thanks, Sonia. Let's go to the next caller. All right. Edie has some information for us. You asked earlier, Teresa, about what should we do about it? And uh, I believe, Edie, you have an idea. Are you still with us? Yes. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Hi, Edie. Um, so this ties into your concern about people recklessly endangering the lives of others by not wearing masks and not social distancing and the contempt whether uh, you're othering people and their lives are less valued because of how you label them by color or LGQIA or whatever else. Um, here is something to act on. This Saturday, May 30th, get out your chalk, your pencil, your finger to write down this information. Get ready to write it down. This Saturday, May 30th, 12 noon, Hermiston, Oregon, which is a three-hour drive, um, will be a 12 noon rally by the, the Nazis, Proud Boys, Timber Unity, uh, presenters, other hate groups. Uh, and the rally that will be a counter that will be in cars, wearing our masks, having signs tied on the outside or held up outside the window of the cars for essential, not sacrificial. We are in solidarity with essential workers and we're not sacrificial. 12 noon, Hermiston at 101 Main Street and they will just be driving around on the streets at appropriate speed, following the traffic in laws um, showing what the, we have unity and solidarity with essential, not sacrificial workers. So you go to the Facebook page, essential, not sacrificial, um, make arrangements to give uh, money to that group, uh, send out kudos and help, uh, those who are able and uh, it's appropriate to drive out there, um, having social distancing, um, be there if you can ship face masks to folks um, at, at that address. Um, do Did that. Did you say like This Saturday, this May 30th, Hermiston, Oregon, which is a three-hour drive uh, on the Columbia Gorge <clears throat> right next to the bridge to Washington. Hermiston, 
at address at 101 Main Street, and we'll be driving up and around Main Street as a social distance, lawful, nonviolent, visual, audio, a counter-protest saying that it's, the workers are essential, not sacrificial. All right. Well, thanks for passing that on. And I would say, you know, watch the hell out for Hermiston cops and videotape everything. You still there, Edie? Okay. We do have uh, Chris is on the line. Okay. Number to call, 503-231-8187. Now we'll go to Chris. Hello? Hi, Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. You can hear me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, your idea about the UN, uh, a couple of reasons why it wouldn't work. Uh, one is that the U.S. funds the UN. Uh, a big percentage of our money comes from the U.S., so the U.S. being corrupt would not allow any kind of serious delegation to do anything. Another thing is a delegation... <laughs> Uh, going from police department to police department would take literally years to go to every police department. You know, the one in, that guy got shot in Georgia? That was Brunswick, yeah. Georgia. I think that Ferguson, Missouri. I mean, they'd have to go to literally thousands of small towns and, and do what exactly? What would they do? They would bring the world's attention to the fact that the U.S. profits from the from crushing black, indigenous, and people of color. Well, I have a better idea. If you, if you, oh, great. Maybe what's that? Maybe consider this instead. Uh, now, if if a if a Jew gets tired of anti-Semitism anywhere in the world, they have a homeland to go to, don't they? Israel. I say establish a homeland for blacks in America. Uh, it could be parts of the country where there are a lot, of, you know, majority black. There are still, there are places, you know, it could be a, a black homeland where any black that doesn't want to ever deal with a white cop can move to. Sir, you are a disgusting racist. There's just no two ways around it. What? Are you still there? Hey, don't hang well, up. Um, I'm not done chewing you out. <laughs> so you propose exiling U.S. citizens to a homeland because white people can't get over sucking their blood. Is that where you're going with this? No, I'm saying they actually a nation, a nation. Let them have that is a repulsive. Nation. That is utterly repulsive. I invite you to to examine your own soul. No, I'm not saying they have to do it. I'm just saying if they if they wanted to have the option. I think the problem is, I think the problem is the word they, and you're forgetting that we are all U.S. citizens, and this this paradigm in which white people like you and I profit from the exploitation of black people needs to be turned around and needs to be paid reparations and it needs to be healed. It doesn't. We don't need to establish a homeland for people and invite them to leave. <laughs> Okay, thanks for calling. Number to call, 503-231-8187. 503-231-8187. I knew it was out there. <laughs> thanks for calling in and proving it. Uh, 
I was saying that Representative Ilhan Omar was was uh, protesting against the the violence of the police uh, yesterday, as they guaranteed that people were going to be enraged. They uh, shot tear gas and rubber bullets at people and refused to allow them to to have a peaceful protest. Uh, shortly after a video of the incident emerged, uh, they write in Common Dreams. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey announced the firing of four officers who were on the scene. Uh, skipping ahead, uh, Floyd family members said the termination of the officers is not enough. Quote, firing them is a good start, but we want to see justice for our family. We want to see them charged. We want to have them arrested. What they did was murder, end quote. And that's from Tara Brown, Floyd's cousin. Time is 943. You're listening to Press Watch on KBOO Portland. And uh, I am Teresa Mitchell. And uh, I am a white, transgendered woman, and uh, I've been doing press watch. I've been doing news you're not supposed to know for three decades now. And I was saying I remember from from being a kid and reading the news in uh, 68, uh, things have not changed at all. And uh, I quoted Martin Luther King's response to why people are rioting, and uh, it's as if he said it yesterday. Nothing has changed. Uh, Common Dreams writes, as the demonstrations kicked off yesterday, Democratic members of Congress representing Minnesota sent a letter to U.S. Attorney Erica McDonald and Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman demanding a thorough investigation into Floyd's killing and accountability for the officers involved. <clears throat> Quoting that, Mr. Floyd's death appears to be yet another horrifying instance of excessive force leading to the death of African Americans across this country. Um, in addition to the obvious state laws that will govern this case, federal law makes it a crime for a state or local police officer to willfully violate a person's constitutional rights, which includes the use of excessive force, end quote. And that was signed by Representative Dillon Omar, Representative Benny McCollum, Senator Tina Smith, and Senator Amy Klobuchar. So what do you think? I've, I've put out this, and I admit that it is polemics, but I would like to actually do this. I think that I will actually do this. I will start a petition for a delegation from the United States Human Rights Commission uh, with an armed delegation to go about from city to city in the United States uh, to investigate. Teresa, did you mean the United Nations Human Rights Commission? That's, that's what I meant. What did I say? States. United States. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pam, I, mean, I believe we have Pam on the line. Pam, are you still with us? I sure am. Thank Please you. go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Pam. Good morning, Teresa. So I've been wondering for a long time, Nuremberg was good enough for the Nazis. What have we got? We don't even belong to the ICC. Do you think your idea can possibly um, replace the, um, what, what we had in Nuremberg? And I'm going to get off the line because I don't talk too good these days. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting comparison in Nuremberg. Uh, after the war, after the Second World War, the uh, atrocities of the Nazis uh, demanded a response internationally. And uh, this was, it was a change in the rules of war, and the Germans complained at the time, saying, look, we surrendered, you know, our nations destroyed what you want, uh, but the Americans and uh, indeed the world wanted them to account for their their policy of genocide against Jews against uh, uh, GLBTQIA persons against uh, 
against communists. Uh, they set about a policy of extermination, of deliberate genocide against the Jewish people. And uh, so that needed, the, uh, the trials needed to happen because it needed to be investigated. Uh, the world needed to look at it, see what had happened, understand why it had happened, take measures against it happening again. Uh, so I think it was legitimate even though it was a change, uh, as the Germans complained, in the rules of war. And uh, the Nuremberg uh, tribunals resulted in people being hanged uh, who had collaborated with, participated with that genocide. And uh, one of the most common excuses and an excuse that was rejected uh, by the court was, I was just taking orders. I was just taking orders, kind of a way of saying everyone's doing it. Uh, people are saying that they're in the hierarchy. What else could they do? They were given the order uh, to get, commit mass murder, and they did it. And Nuremberg uh, trials established that's not good enough. And uh, so we have police forces across the country who have clearly been told. I mean, we we say different things to police. We we say do this and do that, and here are the rules, and here's what you must do at a at a stop. And then we have a whole body. Uh, a gigantic uh, body, years worth of video, years worth of movies and television uh, shows and, and crime novels that say, we don't want you to obey those written rules, we want you to kill people of color. And they do. And this is what white people want because it's about intimidation. This is what makes it profitable. This is what makes people accept low wages when they're desperate enough, when a group is desperate enough to accept no wages and and low wages and the fact that it's hard to get a job at all when people are beaten down that's when they're profitable that's why I say it's profitable for us to maintain for us for white people to maintain the system of white supremacy in the United States it works it's working great it delivers cash from people's misery into the pockets of the super rich and and white people profits along the path this is what has to be changed and we can't see it uh, white people can't see it because they're part of it because there's an existential dread in changing that and realizing that a price has to be paid the price that has to be paid is acknowledgement and reparations it's the same as anyone who's committed a crime you want them to acknowledge what they've done repent of what they've done and atone for what they've done acknowledge repent and atone. That's what we should be talking about with white supremacy. Instead, we've got the same dodges coming up because we've got the same people in power. And that's why I'm suggesting a gesture like writing to the United Nations, writing to an outside power and saying, come in here with your outside power. Come in here and bring the eyes of the world so that the eyes of white Americans can turn to how we do this, how we work this, uh, how it works every day to make life better for people who are white and worse for people who aren't. All right. That's why I'm suggesting the United Nations. 503-231-8187. What were you saying, Sonia? I'm saying that uh, a couple of people have called 503-231-8187. Among them, I believe we have Diet. Are you still with us? I sure am. Thank Go you. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Diet. I, I love your, your idea about the U.N. petition. Um, uh, a dear friend who is black has been was just last night talking to some black friends of hers, and she said, I feel hated. And that's what they shared among each other. I mean, these are people very far away from 
they're not very not far away from being shot by the police. They're subject every moment to being shot by the police, and they know it. Um, but you know, they don't feel like the rest of us care about them. So I think the the idea of asking the UN to come in is brilliant, and. I don't care. Uh, you know, one of your previous callers said, well, all these reasons why it wouldn't work. I don't care whether it will work or not. I just finished listening to Democracy Now!'s uh, tribute to Larry Kramer. Larry Kramer didn't care whether we thought it would work or not. It was worth doing because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it has an effect. Uh, he and, and uh, you remember the RATS, Radical Activists, how, how, what was the acronym? The radical activists against it was AIDS. Um, anyway, they would do things like they would go and confront the Archbishop of New York, and everyone would complain about how ugly that scene was. But Archbishop was making things worse. Uh, was was promoting the idea that uh, AIDS was God's punishment. Right. And, uh, it, right. it took some uh, confrontation to make that change. Yeah. So brilliant idea. Good on. Get the petition. I'll sign it. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, I, I think that uh, I think it does need to happen, and I'm I'm open to ideas to the shape of it and uh, how it should be uh, formatted. I, you know, perhaps uh, Facebook might be the way to do that, or uh, yeah, I guess so. That there's more space on that than than uh, Twitter. Thanks for calling in. The number to call five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. This system of extraction uh, is inextricable from our economic system, and it results in poverty and it results in billionaires. And before I set into billionaires, I want to <clears throat> tell you that I want to tell you about a billionaire, so that you can get an idea of what she's like as a person. And this will uh, will tell you about how you too can become a billionaire. And this person's of this person's way of becoming a billionaire is the most common. So I'll know you want to pay attention. Her name is Alice. And she lives in Fort Worth, Texas. She graduated from Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas, a nice campus that I went to as a teenager. I remember that place uh, to research my high school theme papers. Now, Alice likes watercolors and horses, and she had a hard time quitting smoking. And uh, so she's just like you and me, except for maybe a couple of things, like when she wants to drive drunk and or speed, then she gets away with it. Even when she hits and kills someone in the road who was minding their business, hit them so hard, she scrambled their body with her Porsche. Laws are not for rich people. She's been on a lot of high-powered corporate boards. Though I doubt Alice's money advice is any good because the way she became a billionaire, and, and I'm sure that you're going to want to get this part down, was being born to the family of the blood-sucking. She worked three jobs and got through dental school without any other help, started working day and night, earning $100,000 a year. You'd have a million dollars after 10 years, supposing you somehow lived without spending a penny on food, clothing, housing, transportation, or anything else. So congratulations to you. In the year 2030, you have a million bucks. Just keep going for that first billion, which you will attain in only 10,000 years. In the year 12,020, that's just to make the point, of course, that no one ever actually earned a billion dollars. You need a system of extraction for that. This is where white supremacy comes in. Now, you can, you can obtain billions in your lifetime, however. By setting up an empire of wealth extraction, getting extremely lucky in terms of market share, making thousands of other people do those thousands of years worth of work, setting the races against each other for lower wages, and then extracting it from them in the form of wages. And wait a minute, you'd say, I'd have to pay them wages, not the other way around. But that's the beauty of wages. A worker gets a payment set on the desperation of all the other available workers, see where white supremacy works. 
But whatever that worker actually produces goes to the capitalists, even so it takes a very obsessed megalomania and absurd luck over a period of years to steal that much money from the workers, the environment, and the society around you. But people do it. Most billionaires, however, have had it handed to them on their gold-plated bassinet. How well does it work? The average worker computed as a portion of U.S. GDP creates $104 an hour. Did you know you were doing that? On the average, you create $104 per hour, and that's without adding back in the amount stolen by offshoring profits. You better believe the whipscart Amazon workers produce a lot more per worker than that, but when they get paid 15 bucks and think that's what they're worth, well, if you want to be a billionaire, you've got to set an army of workers to toil. Thousands upon thousands, producing hundreds of dollars worth of labor per person, hour after hour, year after year, and you've got to keep them convinced that they only deserve that 10% or so of their back-breaking, mind-bending labor. Amazon does a great job of that. So does Walmart. They run you ragged, and then they run you off. Because with wages like that paid for generations now, there's a vast reserve army of people who want to give it a go. And you know what? Now that things are worse, now that there's 40 million people applying for unemployment, now that there's riots, they'll pay. They'll make you work harder to keep that job. They'll pay you less. So, of course, billionaires don't earn their money. Other people do. Of course, billionaires have to be banned because the rest of us can't compete with their political contributions. Alice Walton contributes hundreds of thousands of dollars to Hillary Clinton. Hell of a deal because that's the kind of a person that will guarantee that Alice gets to live like an empress forever while she drunkenly smashes more lowly working-class persons with her favorite car. And if she wanted to go the other way, she could pay Bernie Sanders ten times as much as he ever raised from every supporter ever and still have tens of billions to play with. If you live in Fort Worth and you see Alice coming, you'd better jump. Alice has so much money that she could spend $10,000 a day for limo service, penthouse, hotel suites, shopping, whatever, every day for thousands of years. She has more than twice the GDP of Iceland. She could buy a dozen super yachts and run them all off Niagara Falls for laughs and then buy a dozen more and still be a billionaire. She could pay a thousand top-notch assassins to snuff me for saying this, and I'll just have to hope she never thinks of it because she would never be brought to account for it. So now when I say that there are more than $13,000 billion sitting in offshore tax evasion accounts, in other words, $13 trillion, and now that I've exposed the system of exploitation that depends so so desperately on the subjugation of people of color, uh, you understand why I'm calling for revolution. This can't stand, and the society can't afford billionaires. Don't be fooled when you hear that they've given away millions of dollars. A billion is a thousand million. Remember that they proportionately have given away what, be, what would be to you the equivalent of a cup of coffee. No, I think we need real change, uh, and so I am calling for this, uh, this idea, which I admit is a little arbitrary, but I intend to try anyway, of calling for the United Nations to come to the United States and uh, make an investigation of white supremacy, starting with our police departments, because that's, uh, that's the end of that gun, those handcuffs. That's what that's the driving force makes people desperate, makes black people desperate, makes BIPOC persons desperate, makes them understand that they're not as good, makes people falsely considering themselves to be superior because of whiteness uh, stand and, and take that that evil and understand that they can't afford or, or think that they can't afford to change. We can't afford to change. We've got plenty of money to change. We've got trillions offshore is what I'm saying. We can change. All we have to do is start thinking about it. For a start, we have to imagine change. We have to imagine living in a system that does not depend 
on the power of white supremacy. So now it's getting towards the top of the hour. Uh, I want to remind you again uh, that we are at the end of our not a pledge drive uh, because we uh, couldn't have our volunteers come in and couldn't do a normal pledge drive and be safe. And so I'm asking you to call in uh, if you have cash. I know most people don't right now, but maybe you have a little bit. Uh, maybe you can tag us with somewhere between five and $1,000 at kboo.fm. You've been listening to Press Watch on KBOO Portland. I'm Teresa Mitchell, and you've been listening to our great big red and white Eiffel Tower on the Hill, broadcasting in 90.7 FM over the West Hills and over much of Oregon, other frequencies elsewhere in Cascadia, and via kboo.fm to all the ships at sea.